Live from Bacon Wire headquarters on Zoom, it is the Hey Hey Hezzy. Here is your host, Trevor. What's going on, guys? We're here with the Hey Hey Hezzy first episode reacting to the 2020 NBA draft. We got my guys, Spartan Dog, Lucas and glizzy what's going on guys big moves big moves for uh for the man's troy weaver tonight i'm this is the first time in like 15 years i've been excited about the detroit pistons this is dope yeah i'm, I'm so I'm, excited i'm back into watching them full time like this is gonna be this is gonna be really fun yeah i mean the pistons haven't won a, a playoff game since i was in eighth grade and I don't see them doing it until I'm probably in my 30s. So <laughs> tonight, tonight is a night that we we've needed in Detroit for a long time, and I think we're gonna we're getting three solid players. Uh, and yeah, it's this is the most exciting night to be a Pistons fan in a long time. I definitely look forward to draft night for like years to come because I always dreaded it, like shit like the Stanley Johnson pick, like taking him over so many guys and just <laughs> other guys just panning out like after the Pistons take just, I'm, I, I'm like, it's a sigh of relief. Like obviously the, obviously the Darko pick hurt the most, but like it, it kind of gets, it kind of gets shuffled away because like they won a championship, like, that that season but like taking i be, taking someone like Luke Kennard who we just traded away to Brooklyn right over oh. over Donovan Mitchell is just it's there's no other way to put it except cringe like that was a cringe pick from the jump uh <laughs> and even someone who didn't really pay attention to college basketball that much outside of Michigan State. Like, I knew that was a bad pick. Yeah. Uh, if you draft a white kid from Duke and he's not the asshole, <laughs> then you fucked up. <laughs> and didn't Donovan yeah, Mitchell I mean, make, like, every shot in, in the workout for the Pistons? Donovan like, Mitchell said he made every shot, and he was like, there's no way the Pistons aren't taking me. And then when the Pistons didn't take him, like now he holds this grudge against us. He goes off against us every time he sees us. So don't don't blame him. I don't blame him either. Uh, but like even that pick, like I think the year before, the year two before, I can't remember that it was like they took didn't they take Stanley Johnson over Devin Booker? Was that yeah. the season? Yeah, that yeah. was the season. So it's like it's just like endless pain. So meme over and over. So Trevor, you pay attention to you pay attention to this stuff. I think more, definitely more than I do. Uh, were you surprised that Minnesota kept the number one pick and it and used that number one pick to draft Anthony Edwards, or were you or were you kind of seeing that coming? Honestly, out of out of everything I've read. And like everything I've listened to, the Zach Lowe's, the the Woj, like Bill Simmons, everyone said from the beginning that 
it's probably going to be Anthony Edwards. So there's really no surprise there. Um, I think Anthony Edwards is a, is a really good player, a player that's going to develop. Um, but I just, I hate the way Minnesota's built. I hate it. I, I don't like Dean. I like D'Angelo Russell, but I don't like him and Cat together. It, it, just defensively, I don't think that team makes very much sense. Who who's coaching Minnesota right now? Because I know Thibodeau was there for for a little bit. Um, who's um, there now? It, uh, Flip Saunders' son, I believe. I can't remember his name. Um, I can look this up. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is Ryan Saunders. That's it. Uh, so yeah, they have Flip Saunders son as their head coach I mean I think he took over as an, on an interim basis a year and a half ago and I mean he might be all right I, I I don't know I feel like until Minnesota got the first overall pick this year like no one no one really watched him and like this it's not a team really attention to I guess okay um what a what a okay so what's what's oh no well, go ahead. what I was gonna ask you guys is so far what 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 do you guys see as like the biggest shock so far in this draft that you didn't see coming? I think uh, Oh No, go ahead. Go ahead, Glizzy. All right. I think I mean I think the Patrick Williams was interesting, but like from everything I read, he was just flying up draft boards. But I think Isaac Okoro is definitely an interesting pick because just Cleveland has like no outside game. That dude is super raw offensively. And then you have Sexton, who's just like not really that great of a three-point shooter. And then you have Darius Garland just like and people just despise him. And they're just kind of in shambles. And I didn't really see them getting any better with this pick. And, yeah. But, I mean, the Patrick Williams one was interesting. But from everything I read, like, he was just going up board. So, I mean, I don't think that was a surprise. But the Coro one was definitely a surprise. Uh, I think – I don't think I was surprised, but the pick I'm most intrigued with is LaMelo, is LaMelo ball to Charlotte. Um, you know, yeah. for having, for having Michael Jordan as a majority owner of that team, they're definitely one of the have nots of the league. So to pair him up with someone like miles bridges, I think is going to lead to some interesting results. And you know, that, that Charlotte team is incredibly young. I don't think there is a I don't think there's a lot of there's not a lot of solid veteran veteran experience on that team um from what I can remember um so I you know going forward um I know Miles's contract is coming up pretty soon and I you know it'd be interesting to see like what they decide to do if they if they see an opening in the east now that you know Toronto might be Toronto kind of might be blowing it up a little bit 
Uh, Boston is Boston's going to have to nut up or shut up. Uh, so it'll be – I'm very intrigued by Charlotte. Yeah, me too. And, I mean, they Devontae Graham really came on last year. Looking at his stats, he averaged 18 points a game, three – three and a half rebounds and 7.5 assists. So it's, it, they definitely have an interesting backcourt now and a young player like Miles Bridges. Uh, I think the most interesting thing to come out of this though is the dynamic between LeVar and MJ. Like that's going to be <laughs> so funny. You got to get that one-on-one like, game. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Yeah, dude. I think in order to sell tickets, the Hornets should have LeVar challenge the worst player on the other team to a game of like 11 at halftime like they should have to that would, that would be the ultimate halftime entertainment lavar just playing like the 15th man on the i don't know the new orleans pelicans i would, I would lavar and jordan money should that. play lavar and jordan should play one-on-one at halftime but they should have to play around red panda like Red Panda should be doing her routine, and then Lavar and Jordan have to like dribble around her. Like Red Panda is the check. That that's like the chick on the huge unicycle, right? Yeah, who does like the the paper, like the like the plate throwing and shit. <laughs> yeah, you not yeah. If she if you cause her to drop a plate, too, automatic L. Yeah, exactly. It's like hitting the eight ball in the pocket in pool before you're before you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah i like that i like that okay so Lu- lucas do you have any any uh surprises so far i wouldn't say a surprise but i'm gonna go along the lines of sd an intriguing one is james wiseman for the warriors i yeah. you know draymond's been kind of shouldering the load having to defend a lot of taller guys you know he's a big guy but he's not like a center a, a pure center and I think uh, I think Wiseman's going to help shoulder the load for him, and I'm going to be curious to see Draymond's stats this coming year, like if he has a good rebound season because he struggled for a little bit, and you know the whole team struggled, but he didn't do very well at all. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see how they go with a with, with Wiseman, considering how how strong they were when Bogut was there and um, all the other guy. I'm forgetting the other guy who was their center, but. Um, that that's my intriguing pick of the night. No, yeah, I agree. I think the Warriors are going to be really intriguing this upcoming season because you know if Clay, there's reports that ruptured his right Achilles. He's coming off this ACL injury. It's like how much longer? I saw Lucas tweet about this. How much longer are they going to keep that core together? You know, um, because coming off. A, a knee injury and then an Achilles that's got to be that's got to be emotionally draining and he hasn't played since June of 19 and by the looks of it he's not going to play until October of 21 oh. and like I think he'll come back he'll still be a decent player he's a great shooter but like what what do the Warriors do moving forward you know I because now I, th- I think maybe LaMelo could have been could have been the pick there yeah, it really makes you but. think. It seems like they were set on Wiseman more than than Lamelo, but I don't know. I mean, it just 
it might have been more of a need for them. It seems like they're comfortable with going with uh, with Andrew Wiggins to help Curry out for now. Yeah, and I mean now, like the starting lineup, be what Steph. I don't know who they would fill in at guard. You got Wiggins, you got Draymond, and then you have to assume Wiseman's going to step in and, and start as a second overall pick. They have Kevon Looney too, but I don't know. That 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 really is an interesting team because I thought that they were going to really challenge the Lakers this year coming off fresh Steph being fresh off the injury and also having Clay back. But, you know, we'll see. Um I guess what are your guys' we'll we'll kind of shift to the pistons here. What are your guys' thoughts so far on the moves Troy Weaver's made as his first uh with his during his first draft as a as a GM of the Pistons? Well, I think I think the intent is clear. I, it's it's rebuild season. Um, you know, he he traded away Luke Kennard, who is due, who is due a contract extension, and you know he's he's going to be looking for max money, and as well as he should, you know I, you know I wouldn't. His play has more or less probably warranted a max contract from somebody, but it's it just it just was never going to be Detroit. So instead of letting him walk at the end of the season, or getting a discount at, at the deadline, they were able to, they were able to hit two birds with one stone. They were able to offload this burden to a team that needs them to compete for a championship while, while being able to get a second young piece for, or a third young piece, I should say for their future. Um, You know, it's obvious that it's obvious, it's obvious that, uh, Tom Gores is Tom Gores is finally handing over the keys to Troy Weaver. He trusts Troy Weaver, and you know this is like I said off the top. This is the most optimistic I've been about the Detroit Pistons in in almost fifteen years. Yeah, I agree. And you know, scrolling through Twitter tonight, you think the Pistons traded LeBron James in two thousand twelve or something? <laughs> like, Luke Kennard, he's he he's a he's a fine player, but he's never gonna be more than an elite bench not even an elite, just a really good bench guy on a playoff team. Like that's his ceiling. We don't need a player like that in Detroit just hogging up roster spots. So I to me he was what pick was he? He I, I believe the Pistons took him twelve. Yeah. Yeah, twelve. So so he's he's the twelfth pick in twenty seventeen. This year you trade him for the nineteenth pick. I don't think has his value appreciated that much to where he's not worth less with the injuries. With he he has bad knees. He he missed. I don't think he played for like two months before the season shut down. So. What it's like? What are we doing here? We we can get a guy like Sadiq Bay, who I wrote his stats down. He averaged 16 points per game. He has averaged 4.7 rebounds a game, 2.4 assists, and he's shooting 45.1 percent from three on five attempts a game. So 
he adds he replaces Luke's shooting element. He's a good defender. And personally, as much as I love the Hayes pick, I love the Bay pick because of where they got him. My one red flag for the Bay pick is just no guy under Jay Wright at Villanova has really become like a superstar, like blossomed. Like Mikhail Bridges was taken like 10th overall. The Suns really reached on him anyways, but like, he ha- he's been like okay. Jalen Brunson has been like a serviceable backup. I mean, those are like the two guys off the top of my head I can think of. But it's kind of like the Duke one and Duns. Besides like Kyrie and Tatum, it's like I'm trying to find a guy that like I can see there's proof that he's proven in the league, and there's not really any like proven player from Villanova in the league. And I hope Sadiq Bey is the first guy, though. So, all those players, Jay, Jay Wright does a great job at getting players ready for the Right on the head when you said they're solid players. When was the last time the Pistons drafted a solid player? You know, we don't need every player to be a superstar. We just need to get a foundation in. And, you know, if Sadiq Bey can be come in and just – be a good guy, be a role guy for now. And, you know, and maybe one day he takes that step and he can be, be a little bit better. Um, I think it's great value for where he was because the, they just, the draft history hasn't been there. We haven't, who's the last guy that they took that's been an effective NBA player? Uh, I can't think of a guy like that was effective on the Pistons, but like, I mean, the bar set, like, fairly low because Kennard has been like I mean he's been good like this year but like they just need him to be a good shooter yeah and I mean there was so much hype coming in about Luke Kennard I was super excited for him um but it, it just it it didn't pan out and we move on we get a first round pick back and we get three top 20 picks this season like, even that, I feel like the Pistons haven't had first-round picks for the last, like, 10 years. Yeah, no, there was definitely – they kind of had the same problem that the, that, the wings, that the Wings have had, where they've been mortgaging their future in order to, in order to like, limp into the playoffs and get, and get smoked. Um, but – you know, I it this is the once the Lions fire fire Matt Quinn and or Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, like this will be the best this will be like the best I'll I'll feel about the future of Detroit sports for for a long, long time. Between between Torque and the farm system the Tigers are building, um the Pistons draft tonight, uh Stevie Y as the GM of the Wings and Hopefully a new regime and at Ford Field, and I'll be I'll be over the moon for the future of Detroit sports. Yeah, I mean, there's been such a stain on this city since like 2016, and it, it does it truly does feel like the turning of a of a really ugly page. I mean, oh, I'm looking. Uh, Detroit's 2023rd second rounder is sent to the Knicks via Clippers and a deal. Nothing important. I just saw Detroit on my phone pop-ups. But 
Yeah, I mean, do we have two competent GMs in this city in Eiserman and Weaver? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's looking like it. Er, mean, early reports on Weaver, Weaver looking pretty good. I'm I'm liking him already. Yeah, I like how he I just mean, like even, oh go ahead. Oh no, you're good. Nah, no, I like how he just like stripped everything to the ground. Like he's he he didn't like half ass the rebuild. He is just he is just blowing it all up. And I mean that's how rebuild should be done. And what the Pistons have been doing for the past couple years, it's like, oh, let's go get like a superstar, but then like build around him kind of and get like these like mid eight to 16 picks. And it's just like, no, you just got to just burn it to the ground and just get as many assets or like draft picks as you can. Uh, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. If, if Andre Drummond is the second highest player, highest paid player on your roster and you're focusing a rebuild around him or you're focusing your offense around him, you're not going to have a very good time. He he was atrocious the last decade. And it just – it feels good to not be under that contract. And it's just coming in. Memphis is taking uh, Xavier Tillman. Ooh. Okay, so you guys – like it. Jaron Jackson and Xavier Tillman. <laughs> Love it. That, that'll, be, that'll be a fun – a fun situation for him. With yeah. John going there with John Moran. That's going to be a fun young yeah. team. Yeah, Memphis is going to be Memphis is Memphis is going to be one of the sneaky young fun teams. Um, and you know, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to ask you this, this Trevor. Um, yeah. you know, I have a, I follow a few big person, big. Twitter personalities who are Knicks fans and a lot of them weren't thrilled with the Obi Toppin pick. Um, can you kind of talk, talk me and maybe the people through why, why that, why that enthusiasm isn't there for Obi Toppin in New York? Wait, um, hold on. My internet, uh, you said Obi, what about Obi Toppin to me? I'm yeah, sorry. no. So I was saying like a few, I follow like a, a few of the bigger media personalities who are who are Knicks fans are like aren't aren't overly thrilled with Obi Toppin uh, to the Knicks. Like, can you talk me through why that is? So, two years old. The room the room for growth to for him compared to a nineteen year old. It's, it's just not going to be there. And they have, like, a whole huge log jam at their forward positions. You have um, Julius Randle. Hold on. Let me look this up. Mitchell Robinson. Let's, yeah, Mitchell Robinson. And they needed a guard because they took um, – hold on. I'm having internet issues over here. They took, yeah, RJ Barrett last year. <laughs> they have my guy, Iggy Bresdakis. It's just, it feels like a move that a team that has established players would make. And I feel like the Knicks 
are a couple seasons away from being a good team. And when a player like Tyrese Halliburton is sitting there and you don't take him and you take an older guy who's a power forward, he won national player of the year. He's a great player. He's a good player, but it can be underwhelming. It's just like, it feels like such a Knicks move to, to not grab an exciting player, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, I wasn't quite clear because like for someone who likes, who kind of is the majority who watches the majority of his basketball at the college level, yeah. you know, you, you see someone like Obi Toppin and you're like, holy shit, this guy is, this guy's awesome. But I get, I kind of get the, I kind of get the thinking of, you know, like the miles, the miles on, on someone's, you know, knees and ankles at, 22 versus 19 years old. Yeah. And like I said, I think he'll be a good player, but it just, it didn't feel like a need for them. Um, Because listen, Julius Randall, I think he's still under contract. Let me look at Julius Randall's contract. He is one of my, I I really enjoy watching. Yeah. Julius Randall's on has two years left on his deal. So it just doesn't feel like like an like a need for them. What do you what do you guys uh as as people who watch more college hoops, how would you have rated Obi Toppin going into this? Would he have been in your guys' top five? Do you think he should have won a little bit sooner or do you think that that eight was an appropriate spot for him? I was always, I was, I've like, like obviously Obi Toppin was like a, was like a supreme athletic talent. Right. But he wasn't really competing in like a, in like a major conference. So it was kind of hard for me to hold him up against someone like, uh, like, uh, like a Jaron Jackson jr. Let's just use right. him as a benchmark just because he's on the top of my head right now. Uh, you know, cause he's not playing, he's not playing, you know, major basketball. He's playing in the Atlantic 10 and, you know, there was no tournament for him to kind of prove himself against higher competition. So uh, where he went, I think is probably where I would have had him. I my thing is like why do why are Knicks fans freaking out about this more than like he went too er, more than like he went too early. Right. Like I said, I think it's safe pick, but I I think it there's a parallel there between like TJ Hawkinson and him. We're like <laughs> last year you saw Josh or uh, you saw Josh. Oh my God, it's gonna happen. And then you just take TJ Hawkinson. It's just like, it's not what you expected. It's not what you got yourself excited for. So I think it's just a letdown too, like that. I think this is just like a very New York Knicks pick, just in the sense that like, they're just going to be let down pretty much almost no matter what happens. And I mean, yeah, this, this does feel a lot like Hawkinson where it's just like, you're taking this guy acting like it's a luxury like you said acting like you're a 
like a playoff team already, but it just, he's, he to me in the NBA is just like, he's got a decent like mid floor, like kind of high floor, but his ceiling, I don't, I mean, I don't see him being like a superstar, but I mean, I can see him being like, all right. Did he play against MSU last year? Because didn't they play in the same tournament? They were going to if if State didn't lose to Virginia Tech, they were going to play them in the Maui Invitational. Yeah. Okay, That's, I couldn't remember. Thank God, I did not want to see that kid. <laughs> at the way the way MSU was playing at that moment, that was that was probably going to be a shit pumping. Yeah, um, who ended, did they, Dayton ended up winning that tournament, right? They lost to Kansas in the final. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they I, they they sleepwalked their way to the finals and uh, Ace Airbender style. And um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I I kind of agree with what was said about Obi Top, and I wouldn't have drafted him like top five. But I mean, the age thing, I don't. I've never really cared about. Like, I get that you lose it, you know, two to three years on someone's developmental abilities. But I mean, if the player's good and the player's worth the pick, I really don't give a shit about how old they are. That's how I feel about it. If, if they're good enough to be at that spot, pick them. Don't just sit there and look at their, their birth certificate and go, Oh, well, you're, you're two years too older than I want. Sorry. Um, I, I like him, but I, I think Knicks fans need to kind of know their place in the current world of the NBA and just embrace that a guy is fucking crying happy that he's a Knicks fan. Like, yeah. that, was re- that was really cool to see. Like, that kid was fucking bawling. And you can't fake passion like that, but I fucking lo- I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved it. it. That was that was my favorite part of the night was seeing him just like so ecstatic about things and ever, like considering the guy right before him was like, yeah, you know, it's pretty cool, <laughs> pretty nice. And then Obi's just sitting there bawling. Everyone handles it differently, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I definitely get what you're saying. You know, being a hometown kid, getting to play at Madison Square Garden, and look, if you're the guy from New York that turns around the Knicks. You're you're a legend in New York. Like it means so much to that city. I, you know, I feel so badly for a franchise. They haven't. It's it's a New York team. They have a ton of fans. They haven't won an NBA final since the early '70s. They haven't been to the NBA final since 1999. And you know, Leon Rose is coming in after being an agent for all these years, and. You know, give him give him the room to operate, I guess. I like I said, didn't love the pick. I thought they should have went Halliburton. Really liked him. But no, you you hit the nail on the head, Lucas. I I, I think you summarized that really really good. The the New York Knicks are the Detroit Lions of the NBA. So <laughs> like I feel I feel this psychic connection to Knicks fans. Somehow, you know, it's kind of like how the old wives' tale of like twins can feel each other's pain. Yeah, <laughs> like what, like, uh, like whatever, whatever. Chris stops tore an ACL. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> and then they tr- they traded him for Dennis Smith Jr. They traded Chris Stapp, who 
probably outside Carmelo Anthony is the best player they've had in the last 10 years. It's, it's just lunacy. I, James Dolan should not own a sports team. Just <laughs> terrible. Didn't they give them like Tim Hardaway Jr. too? Yeah. Yeah. But t- to be fair, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract was looking awful at the time. And I love Tim Hardaway Jr. obvious reasons, but yeah, he but he played really good in the bubble. That 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 was a really interesting team with the Mavs in the bubble because they had all those Michigan guys. So that was uh, pretty cool. Trevor, let me uh, let me ask you about Halliburton. Like, at, at the his stock seemed like it was never higher heading into the draft, and then he kind of. He kind of slipped. He kind of slipped a little bit. Is that was that surprising to you at all? So, I looking at um, mock drafts earlier today. Uh, Kevin O'Connor with the Ringer had um, Killian Hayes actually dropping to number twelve in the Kings. So there is obviously something with point guards there. So I wasn't incredibly surprised when I saw we took Hayes I guess because of what I had read earlier and I I thought that I thought Halliburton was going to end up with the Spurs when he fell past the Knicks and the Suns and the Wizards but yeah I I if you would have told me a week ago that Halliburton was going to fall to twelve, I would have been really shocked because I wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to be there for the Pistons, and I really wanted them to grab a guard, whether that was Hayes, Lamelo, and some divine intervention or Halliburton. Yeah, I think that was really weird because I thought like. Halliburton's agent, that dude should be fired. I don't get how he falls to 12. I mean, I thought, I thought, Jesus, what's going to happen to him? He's going to go to like Boston or San Antonio and he's going to be happy that he fell or he ends up in Sacramento or like Phoenix and is like, oh shit. But I mean, it is what it is. I think he'll be fine with Fox and Buddy next to him. Um, but yeah. still probably not the most like ideal fit for him, but still got drafted. Well, I think, I think his like freshman year at Iowa state, he played a lot of, he was off ball a lot. So I think that him and Fox are an interesting backcourt. I think they have to move buddy. I, I, I don't see buddy staying there. Um, past this this offseason yeah I'm not sure and that, that was someone I wanted the Pistons to take a look at was Buddy Heald I thought that 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 could be an interesting move for them to trade Blake Griffin to and give us a guard because when was the last time you guys could say you were excited about Detroit's backcourt uh like the first couple months of the AI experiment were kind of fun, but I was like nine years old. So it was kind of like, it, I, I was excited because <laughs> like it was, it was Allen Iverson and not like, and not like, you know, 
Right. It wasn't the I thought it was just Allen Iverson, not like the corpse of Allen Iverson. When they traded for Brandon yeah. Jennings, that was that was <laughs> I was so hype about ah. that. And then he was just dog shit. I dude, remember those like ten games, I think it was, where he just went off in the piss like the Pistons just cut Josh Smith. And, like, Brandon Jennings went off, and then he tore his – it was either his ACL or his Achilles. I was so upset, bro. Heartbroken. And uh, I think we ended up – that was the year we traded for Reggie Jackson, too. So, Brandon Jennings never tears his – or gets injured. We probably don't end up with a Reggie Jackson, which that was a whole disaster, so – All right. But – but yeah, this is this is this is the first time in a long time that you can be excited about about a Pistons backcourt. I think. Yep, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a rough couple of years, but it'll be fun. Well, I mean, now it's it's hopefully Amani reclasses, <laughs> and then we we he he goes to state next season. We get to see him for a little bit. That or no, it was too late for him at this point to go to twenty twenty one draft, right? Um, he's not going to be. He's not going to be. Amani's not going to be old enough. I think is the problem. Yeah, he might have to play two years depending on how things go. Yeah, like, with the rules and everything. And the the one and done rule is interesting because it went from definitely dead to. Uh, maybe it'll stay to like, there's no way they're getting rid of it. So now they're thinking that they're going to change the age. They're going to drop the age thing. And it's going to be, you only have to be a year, an academic year removed from high school in order to be draft eligible because you need right now, you need to be 19 and that year removed. Which, that makes no sense. I, I don't get that. Because when we took Seku last year, he was technically, I think he was like 17. Yeah. But he had been playing professionally in France. So, I I don't get how they're doing that. But the Pistons, tank for Imani Bates. Look, that that's like my dream. As happy as you guys were when he signed with MSU, I would be 100 times happier if he came to the Pistons. I mean, if there's any indication about, like, what Troy Weaver could do coming from OKC, I expect 18 first-round picks uh, <laughs> in the next five years. So, If, if, yeah. he, if Troy Weaver can, can somehow get rid of this Blake Griffin contract, we should give, the, we should give him a lifetime contract. <laughs> like – yeah, and I'm someone I defended I defended the Blake Griffin trade. I understood where SVG was coming from, and it's it's the predicament you put on a front office when you tell them you give them that win now mandate. It's it's never going to benefit the franchise because that person doesn't doesn't care. So, when they traded for Blake, I was like, okay, he all he became the, the biggest superstar in, De, in Detroit sports immediately the day he played his first game. And it we're never going to sign anybody. Like, Blake Griffin would never choose to come to Detroit and play. 
But if, if Troy can somehow get this contract off our books, maybe get an asset back, maybe another first round pick, you know, he's looking really good. And we still have Derek Rose. We saw Derek Rose that, that maybe we could flip into something too at the deadline, another first round pick, albeit it would probably be in the late twenties because a contender would have to be making the trade. I'm, I'm really optimistic about, about his ability to get rid of Blake Griffin. Yeah, that, that's, you know, I'm like, like, like I've been saying, like I've been saying the length of this podcast, I'm very, I'm, this is the most excited I've been for, uh, I, it's 1130 at night and everyone in my house is sleeping. So I'm not going to do the, I'm not going to do the, I'm not going to do the thing, but I'll just like Detroit basketball. Like you guys, you guys get what I was going at. So Detroit basketball. Yeah, exactly that. (laughs) I'm just happy we got Killian Hayes because Tony that on his top, he did a top five, uh, players he wanted on the Pistons. He did a top five video, and Killian Hayes was by far number one. And number two was Big O, but he was gone by then. So, you know what? If it's okay with Tony, it's okay with me. Tony, man. We we love Tony Dombrowski here at the Hey Hey Hezzy. That, that, if, if I could get him on here, that would be incredible. So... I don't know, man. <laughs> we got to get you one know, of those squad pictures that he has in his podcast. Oh, yeah, dude. Him him, and his click. I, You know, I, at first I didn't like Tony. Like, I thought he was annoying. But now I'm all in. I love it. He he doesn't take himself too serious. I think, And he seems like a nice kid. So that we got to like get him on The opposite here. of another Detroit sports video personality on Twitter. <laughs> All right. That, that's okay, a, that's you're done. talking about a bunch of people there. So. <laughs> <laughs> narrow it down, please. <laughs> yeah, we, All right, we, I'm we, done. Need, we have to be narrower. But okay. I think we're starting to wrap up. This yeah. is this is this was the first episode. This this all came together in the last couple of days. You know, I'm excited to keep doing this. And I hope you guys are excited to keep doing it. But maybe as like a sign off, we can get get just like your overall your overall takeaways from this draft. And I know we're we're probably beating a dead horse at this point, but what you think of the team, the Pistons specifically, or or anything going forward. Uh, I'm personally, uh, I'm excited. You know, there's going to be a lot of fun young teams to watch this upcoming season. So, uh, thoughts on the Pistons. It's going to be, it's going to be a bumpy couple of years, but that's okay because the light at the end of the tunnel is bright and, you know, 20 and 62 isn't going to hurt as much as it usually would. Uh, and you know, but league wide, I'm, I'm super excited to watch this Memphis Grizzlies team, man. Uh, they, with Jai in his second year, Jaron Jackson in his third, they, you know, they just drafted X. I'm, I'm this team. They're going to be like probably one of the most fun young teams to watch this year. Uh, 
you know, they're playing in the West, which is kind of top heavy. So they might be able to sneak in with the seven or eight seed. That'll be great for experience for them. Uh, and yeah, I'm just, you know, the, the immediate future for the, for the Pistons, not great, but the long-term future is fucking bright as hell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Echo my thoughts. I'm just going to say same. Yeah, okay. this is definitely a step in the right direction. It may be like a step forward or step backward, but there's definitely a couple steps forward. And they're committing to the tank and committing to the rebuild. I think that's important. And I think league-wide, there's a lot of young stars out there. Maybe not as many as like most drafts, but I think there's going to be some some bloomers. My sleeper pick for this year is Jalen Smith, so. Oh, that's interesting. He went, what, 10th to the Suns? Ooh. Yeah, that was kind of a reach, but still. But I guess to give my my final thoughts here, Pistons fans, if you've made it this far, you listened to our rambling for the last 40 minutes. The future is bright. We're finally moving on and embracing the tank. We're not doing this. It was really just piecing together parts that didn't fit, whether that was Ben Gordon and Charlie V or the trade for Blake Griffin. Even though I just defended it, it didn't make sense for the franchise at the time. And it's clear that we have a direction. We can tell Goras isn't sticking his fingers and everything and putting his hands on it. And look, we're getting – we got our point guard – we got a, a solid, solid wing player in Sadiq Bay, and we drafted a center. Uh, was Isaac Wright? Right? Isaiah Stewart. Or not Isaac Wright? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Isaiah. I, I didn't even know who Isaiah Stewart was. It's it's so pretty late. Tonight. It's it's pretty late. Yeah. So, but I guess in in conclusion. We, we're, we're finally starting to see, we're finally starting to see our, the pain and misery that we've been put through as Pistons and Detroit sports fans. Uh, we're, we're finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so. Good night. B plus draft, A minus draft. I don't want to give anything an A or an A plus yet, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably give it an A. I'll give it a solid A. Tell them what I'm gonna do with it. When okay. I got possession, I'ma have to fool with Go it. Ahead. I might cross you up and fake one way. Turn around and hit you with the MJ fade away. I'm throwing down passes like J Kid, taking uh-huh. cats to the rack, and uh-huh. I'm dunking on them like C Mac. When I'm in the plane, I play with that uh-huh. Ronzo style. I'm like Darius, cause I can Don't too many loud. players get offers like me. Uh-huh. I'm back and forth, I likely shake the checks uh-huh. off your Nikes. Okay. They almost had me in a suit at the drive, cause it looked like a free throw when I be shooting from half. Uh-huh. The first step, like Iverson, blow past you. Uh-huh. Usually nothing but net, but I could.
could go blast too. Uh-huh. When I'm in the paint, the defense so shook. They don't know if I'ma put up a slow hook or dish off a no look. Yeah. To drive the lane would be dumb, no. Cause I send it back at you. Then give you the finger like a tumble. Shorty, over the summer, you might have boosted the inch. But as long as Fabulous is playing, get used to the bench. And see, my game consists of a whole lot of moves you would think I learned from the Harlem Globetrotters. JD gonna lead us to a ring. Fab and Bow Wow's the only players that make cheerleaders wanna sing. The night MJ scored 63 points when the Lakers won titles back to back. Didn't give nobody no kind of slack. When Vince Carter came, stuck his arm in the rim. Everybody went crazy in the whole damn gym. Uh-huh. The Kimbe Matumbo standing tall. Playing D with desire, his basketball. Sing. Uh-huh. 